Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, hanging out with you as always with one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, is the sky falling, sir? How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good, Michael. The sky may be falling, but I'm all right. <laughs> Well, at least, at least part of that's positive, and maybe maybe we can uh, shed a little bit more positivity on tonight's show. But uh, before we get to all that, we got some uh, Pit Panther prospects to get to, and we have a very special guest, uh, Colin Sturchio from Cardiac Hill, the Pit Panthers uh, SB Nation blog, joining us uh, tonight. Colin, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, it, it really is our pleasure. Of course, uh, quite notably, right off the top, uh, Pitt's pro day was today how, how did that go for the for the guys Colin honestly I thought it went really well it showcased some guys that I that I think honestly most guys if you look at Pitt are honestly who who you want to look at I mean whether it's going to be first second third round whatever it may be but I mean you had a guy in where was it I mean, you just had anybody who offense, defense, they pretty much covered today. And it, to me, it went well. And I thought it was what they needed. Great. Jeffrey? Um, yeah. So the big the big name to me, uh, one of the biggest is, and physically the biggest, is uh, Twyman. What's his first yes, name? Yes, Jalen. Jalen Twyman. Now, obviously, he did not play this year at all. Um, so kind of kind of where was he in 2019? Uh, what are we looking at for him after he missed a season? I mean, to me, um, 
I thought he was great in the last season. I know I read a stat earlier. He he amassed 153 tackles over the first these past two years that he played. So, I mean, I don't know. I know his biggest reason for coming to Pitt was their defense on its own and also his love for Aaron Donald. I'm not going to say the guy's an Aaron Donald, but he's got the he's got the skill set. Yeah, you watch some of his highlight films. He he looks like Aaron Donald. He's wearing number ninety seven, and you're like, wait, wait, who is yeah, that? Ex- exactly. He, if you put him in the right system, I think that guy can be a star. Now, with him as well, like when you look at Aaron Donald, like he'll take his shirt off every offseason, It seems like to try to show off his six pack, his three hundred pound abs. Twyman, not quite the same body type. Of course, he repped out 40, 40 reps on the bench press, which is just absolutely mind-boggling, crazy oh, number. Yeah. But then his 40 was, like, we, we saw a comparison today. It was in, what, the zero percentile? It's listed as the zeroth percentile yeah, for like, his 40 time. So, like, it, my question to you Not a runner. Yeah. God, no. Can <laughs> someone with without that athletic ability translate still the NFL and be successful? I think his biggest thing is going to be where he goes and honestly who the coach is because a guy like that, you're going to want to have to see if you can get into his athleticism. He's got to have some somewhere, but because if you can get a little bit of that speed going in him, if he has any, that guy's going to be a wrecking ball. And that's what you want staring down your quarterback. See, I, see I'm all, I agree with that. Holy, I love that they have defensive linemen and offensive linemen run 40 yards. And I'm like, if Cam Hayward runs 10 yards, the play should be over. Like it oh, should yeah. be done. It should be done by then. Uh so I'm not I'm not big on the 40 time for him. Uh love his film. Absolutely love his film. Have you heard anything about where people expect uh Twyman to go? I know people are saying he probably will drop because he didn't play last year, but I had heard him rumored as a first round pick, and now like you look on draft boards, you don't even see him listed in like a top three rounds. Yeah. You don't see him in top 100 reports even. Which I think is kind of crazy. I mean, I know Pitt, they've had their standouts, but a lot of guys, especially here recently, have just kind of gone really late. Looking at his talent, I say third round, late third round maybe, kind of just depending on who's what everybody's looking for. But in all honesty, um, if he would have played last year, I think he very well could have been a first or second round pick. But I yeah. think not playing – drops him off because you got to worry is there rust is he going to get injured is there something that he had before that nobody knew yeah at at 40 uh bench presses and uh late third round if he's there i hope the steelers grab him at that point because uh for a third defensive lineman man you and me both (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i said before those those bench numbers just crazy you're able to push any any center guard back at that point Steelers need a nose tackle. We will get into that a little bit later. But uh, speaking, like keeping on with that kind of draft valuation, Paris Ford today had a, pretty much a, about as bad as day as someone could really have in their pro day. Like his numbers weren't very good. Like, it, like I was telling Jeffrey before uh, this started up, he almost would have been better maybe to just take the day off. Yeah, I got to agree with you. Now, when someone tests that poorly, do you think he could even be drafted at all after that? If he is, it's going to be late. I say maybe somebody throws a flyer on him in the sixth or seventh round, and it's kind of just going to be, eh, we could throw him on our practice squad. Maybe he cracks the team. 
I think he's got talent. It's not that. It's just a matter of is his skill set going to translate to the league? And honestly, that's the biggest question. You've had great college stars that end up being mega bust. Now, with him too, when you watched him play, now did he, did his athleticism look more like game speed? Like, did he was he better in game, or w- did he always seem like he was missing a step? To me, I thought he was always better in game, but I mean, that could just be my eye. I don't know what other people who have watched the Panthers would say. To me, I liked him in game. I think if you put that guy in a, in a certain spotlight, he's got a chance to shine. It's just a matter of really is is somebody going to give him a chance? And if not, I think if he goes undrafted, don't be surprised if he ends up getting signed in that first pool of people. Okay, so with Paris Ford, is he – like what kind of uh, safety is he? I know he, he plays more of the free safety, but is he – is he, a, is he a cover one safety? Is he a guy who can play all the deep zone? Is he a guy who comes up in man or comes up in the box? Like, what, what does he bring to the field? To me, in all honesty, if you look at him, I think he's a guy that you he, – he reminds me of a ball hawk. Like, you just got to – he's not a guy you're going to want to throw deep on because he's got a chance to either swat that ball, catch that ball, or run back on you. And it's just a matter of if you put somebody in man with him, you've got a shot on him picking him off. I think in cover, that might be his lowest spot. But other than that, I say don't throw deep on the guy. Now, I got a feeling you might also agree that he's probably the biggest faller of the day uh, when it comes to pit uh, prospects. But who would you say is the biggest riser? Mm, I mean, I look at a guy like Patrick Jones, and it's, it's somebody like that where I go, wow, they've got a chance to really make an impact in the league personally with Patrick Jones uh I a lot of people are talking about him is he a defensive end because he's a he's what 260 he's around but Bud Dupree was playing for the Steelers uh is he more of an you think he's gonna be a good outside linebacker or does he need to be in a scheme that's gonna gonna really focus him on rushing and not drop him into coverage much I think he's got a shot to be a good outside linebacker. I won't say the Steelers should go and take him first, <laughs> second round. God, no. But you can get him on a third or fourth round. I say give him a shot because look at Dupree's first season. People took him out on the first round, and I'll even admit, I thought they were crazy, especially after the first season. And look what he came into. It's just a matter of – and I think with Tomlin's scheme, he works perfect. It's just a matter of where he goes and what people think they can do with him. Now, with uh, Patrick Jones as well, uh, and specifically playing that role that the Steelers, of course, use their edge guys as a stand-up outside linebacker, would he translate better, or what about Rashad Weaver? I still think Jones, but Rashad's not a bad backup at all. And with that, is, is Weaver someone you could see making any sort of impact right away, or is he more of a special teamer that could potentially just sub in every now and then? I think it would be more of the second option, kind of have him learn whatever whatever playbook he's having to go onto, and give him a shot on special teams if he if he shines. Maybe if it's garbage time in a game, let him go and see what he can do. Because I mean, it, again, it depends where he drops or where he goes to. But all in all, I think that's a guy you could see shine. It's just a matter of how long is it going to take. Yeah, he's got a very similar athletic profile to Patrick Jones. Uh, it just seemed like Jones was a much more 
Would you agree with it that that Jones was just much more polished? Uh, yeah. Whereas Rashad Weaver was just kind of he's a big guy that's like he's out there. He's not bad, but he's he's not polished. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, I've we've all seen prospects. I've seen a guy down here in Georgia and Jarvis Jones that I thought was going to be fantastic and look what he did for the Steelers. So it's just a matter of, I think that uh, Jones is a more Patrick or that can't talk is a more <laughs> polished uh, player, but anything's up in the air at this point. Gotcha. Now, really when it comes to those two guys, is someone a better, just pure pass rusher and like, that's something Steelers, I think, take a little bit of value in, especially when it comes to their backups. And something they've kind of struggled with is just having someone that could just step on the field and just be a pass rusher. Between uh, between Weaver and Jones, is there is there one of them that you'd say, okay, that guy can be uh, – he could specialize in just that? I say it's Jones. That's just the way I see him play. He's got that nose to just kind of go after it and go after the quarterback. And that's why I say if he's – third second third round somewhere in there i say somebody give him some gives him a shot because to me personally he's kind of like twyman he's got first round talent but nobody's going to want to pay him first round money that's a good point uh another another guy who kind of showed up really big in the pro day we had a lot of numbers that weren't that great uh but andrew pinnock the cornerback he had a phenomenal day for his athletic testing uh what have you seen from him on film and in the in game? Um, I mean, I'm seeing he uh, he started 19 games and he's I think today did something to kind of really show show his stock and kind of give him a boost because I think if he wouldn't have gone in today, there aren't a lot of guys I think that would have given him a shot. He probably would have gone undrafted, maybe would have been picked up. But I think a day like today showed, mm, do we go and show him late, maybe fifth round, somewhere around there, and just give him a chance? Because if any, if today showed anything, when the spotlight's on, he's got a chance to shine. Yeah, it's going to be sending a lot of people back to watch his college film a second time now. Oh, yeah. And that's a guy I will openly admit I did not think was going to turn heads the way he did today. That's really interesting. Now – when it comes to him as well, I, I'm curious what kind of corner you kind of foresee him as. Is he more of a man-to-man guy, someone who is successful in zone? Is he more of a nickel? Uh, what do you see out of Penning? Um, I don't – honestly, I don't know. It kind of would depend who he goes to. I – if I had to guess, I'd say maybe he'd do good in man, but it really just kind of depends because to me, he seems like a guy could, that's very versatile on a defense and will just work where you put him. Okay, yeah, and with those numbers, I mean, he could have access anywhere if he's good, if he's got the talent. He's um, Demar Hamlin, there's the strong safety back there with Paris Ford. Oh, yeah. uh, what's he bring to the field? What, what did you see in him this season? Uh, I mean, from what I saw from him, he's he's got a good to me, he's best in man, in all honesty. Just put him on a guy, and good luck getting that ball squeezed in. That's the way I look at it. And if you're a team needing a safety at a cheap price, I say he's worth a chance. I don't know what round somebody's going to be willing to put him at, but I say give him a shot. Obviously, we've been talking a little bit of time here on these uh, secondary players. Is one of these guys stand out above the rest as someone who's clearly the best when it comes to the corners and safeties? 
honestly, to me, if there's anybody that I think is worth going to the combine or anything like that, it's Twyman. And even with this year off, because I think if he would have played this season, his draft stock would have been raised tremendously. And honestly, he might have helped us a few games here or there trying to get wins. You would rank you would rank him better than either of the edge rushers? I would. And that's just to me, I see something in him. I see talent. And I don't know. I don't know how well it translates overall, but I think you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt and the talent that he has. Because like I said, if you can if you have somebody that can break into that athleticism. He's got a chance to be a menace on a quarterback. Okay. With uh, okay, so that's our that's the pass rushers, uh, with the Pinnock, Ford, and uh, Hamlin, the two safeties and the cornerback. Uh, which one of those stood out to you the most? Um, I, honestly, I gotta go with Ford, and it's just I've seen him all season, and he's. He's just got the talent. Again, I don't know where somebody's going to put him, but I think you've just got a shot to have a great player on defense, see where he goes for a few years, and just nope. <laughs> just um, see if he's worth a chance. I mean, like I said, we've had a guy in Dupree that nobody thought anything was going to be worth of, and look what he came. So, yeah. If I can uh, flip over to the offensive side of the ball for a second here, Jimmy Morrissey, of course, yeah, center. Steeler, Steelers are definitely going to be in need of someone to uh, play that position. Uh, now, is Morrissey someone that's pro-ready? Is he someone that's kind of more destined to be a practice squad guy or drafted at all, really? Honestly, coming out of college, I think he's more of a backup. I wouldn't say necessarily it would be the worst thing for the Steelers to pick him up if they can get him late. I think he'd be a great backup that you can mold into something, but I don't think he's NFL-ready to start. Okay. Yeah, that works. Um, anyone else on Pitt's offense that really stood out to you that's coming out? Uh, who else do they even have coming out? They've got a wide receiver. DJ Turner. Uh, DJ Turner. That's right. Sorry, I lost his name. Uh, what about him? What, what stands out to you? What do you think of him? I mean, I know I saw today he did 23 reps, and which was more than anybody else at last year's combine. And to me, he's just – He's got the hands that you need, but I think more than anything, he's got some speed behind him, and that's going to help. And also, with the reps, I think we might have another situation where if, if it's a juju and a perfect situation, you might be having a stiff arm come out. And I'm perfectly – if he comes to the Steelers, I would be perfectly fine seeing a stiff arm come out. <laughs> well, there is uh... – because he, he stood out to me as, a, as having potential, uh, his size, his weight, his speed, kind of like his film. Uh, you've got a guy like Amari Rogers from Clemson who, who people are looking at high in the draft as kind of that not really a wide receiver, not really a running back. He's just a playmaker and, you know, fit him in the offense where you can and he can oh, yeah. do returns. And DJ Turner kind of stands out to me as a very similar player. And from the looks of it and what he's uh, what I've heard about him, He's got a similar athletic profile. He's just flying under the radar. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, it's not going to help him money-wise, but it's going to help some team uh, payroll-wise and talent-wise because he's got a skill set to be 
maybe not instantly, but he's definitely got a skill set to make an impact on the offense, whether it's receiving. Because to me, he almost reminds me of a mix between a, a, re- a wide receiver and a tight end. He's got that girth to him that he needs. And that's just the way I look at it. I think he's under the radar, but he's got a shot to make an impact on whatever team he goes to. So I like how you put that with him being between like a wide receiver and tight end because uh, Matt Canada, everywhere he's gone, including when he was at Pitt, uh, used players as wingbacks. And he loves oh, yeah. those athletic players with a little size to them that they can block a little bit. They can they can provide those kind of mismatches, run the ball, catch the ball. Uh, so he's, he's one of my guys I'm looking at saying that could be the kind of a, a Matt Canada pickup. For sure. Don't be surprised if they take a – I mean, if they've got a chance, take a flyer on them. I would. Now, what about the rest of the offense? Is there is there anyone else we should uh, know of or pay attention to? Uh, I mean, personally, not that I can think of offhand. To me, if there was anybody that I would have said, it would have been Pickett just as a backup to start, but you're not going to get that, so – yeah. So do you think uh, throw him pick it? Just throw him out there. Do you think he he would have uh, been a good pickup this year, or do you think he was really made the right decision? And he needed another year to go back. I think he made the right decision because I love him as a quarterback. I think he's got the skill set that you need, and I think Narduzzi's got that that ability to just kind of tap into him because we've seen some great games out of him, and we've seen some garbage games out of him. Yeah, and to in all honesty, I think regardless, even with this coming year, he's not going to be one of those talents that comes out and uh, is a first or second round pick. To me, he's maybe in Mason's category in the third or fourth, but he's definitely got a shot to at least make a team when he does come out. I think if he starts anywhere, it's going to be on a really bad team, but most likely he's going to be a backup. And you know what? With next year's quarterback class as well, uh, I. I kind of foresee it kind of playing the way out, uh, kind of how Joe Burrow shot up out of nowhere. Somebody yeah. thought it was going to be a mid-round pick. Really seems like no one's really grabbed that brass ring yet. So that's uh, it's probably a good decision for a guy like Pickett to go back to school. But focusing more so on this draft class again, I, I kind of figure your your favorite best pro, uh, prospect would be Twyman. Who's yeah. the sleeper guy? Who Who's the guy that you say, okay, if Twyman's like, he's going to be great. You're you're overlooking this guy. Who'd that be? On offense or defense? The whole team. Uh, DJ Turner, hundred percent. Because, like I said, he's got he's got the talent that you need, but he's just flying under the radar, and I don't quite know why. Maybe it's because he's on pit. I don't know, but I think that's the guy that somebody is going to take a shot on, and within a year or two, somebody's going to wish they would have taken him. I like that. That's one of the guys. That's one of my favorite picks uh, from here. Now, uh, going away from this draft a little bit, there's a question I want to ask you. Uh, what do you think about James Conner right now? Oh, he's God. still he's still out there. He's still available. Uh, what are your thoughts on James Conner? I love the story of James Conner, but and I've said it with all my friends. I don't think he's a starting back. I really don't. He's a guy that you do what we've been doing, where you mix him in with uh, Benny Snell and just our our Russian core. But it's not like we got Le'Veon Bell in that backfield anymore to me. He showed off that first season, which I think showed that our um, 
our run game can work and it's not just a plug and play, but you still have to have that talent. Yeah. Looking at uh, the current free agents out there, I, I had a story that ran today on behind the steel curtain.com about uh, why James Conner could absolutely end up being the guy that becomes the runner again for another season, just based on the way the market's kind of shaping up. But Le'Veon Bell could be another name just uh, based on price. That's two guys I wouldn't be surprised. Of. It very well could. I s- to me, if the Steelers are smart, they take a running back in the second round. There might not be say- one in the second round, though. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we can thing. get in. Yeah, uh, we'll, we can get into that a little bit more here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I will uh, touch on a, a couple more draft things before we can flip <laughs> over to the second Excuse side. Me. I will pose this question to both uh, yourself, Colin and Jeffrey. Pitt, of course, being the local school, um, of course. Uh, in, in some circumstances, some teams definitely uh, pick players out of those local schools a little bit more. Do you kind of foresee that with the Steelers and the Pitt Panthers? Does, does that make sense? Colin, I'll start with you on this. Are, are the Steelers a team more likely to draft someone because they're local and, in this case, in the same uh, facilities? Grant, you see this every draft. I think if it's late, unless it's a superstar, which I don't think there's any guy that you go after in the first round out of Pitt, that screams that the Steelers have to have them. But I think if it's a flyer late in the in the draft, I don't see why not. I mean, you get the hometown discount at that point. Yeah, no, uh, I, I can definitely see that. But, uh, Jeffrey, I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, would you be more likely to take someone, uh, say an outside linebacker from Pitt, uh, outside of taking someone from, say, the University of California? I think there is that chance. If anyone knows – whether uh, Patrick Jones can play outside linebacker, it'd be the Steelers. I mean, they've probably seen they've seen him run drills. They've seen him do things. They've, for all we know, they've gotten to actually you know make little suggestions to the coaching staff and be like, hey, can you have him run this and like have him do stuff, you know? Uh, so I think the Steelers have an advantage in knowing whether a player like that can make the jump, make a switch because they have so much more experience with them. Uh, I think the player. We've, we've talked about him a couple of times now, but DJ Turner has a real shot to be drafted by the Steelers, as we talked about right before the show. He's a Maryland transfer. So he you have like the Matt Canada, like he, he played for, he went to Maryland. He played with uh, Mike Tomlin's kid and then he transferred to Pitt. So they had him in the room. He fits all the, he fits all the check boxes for uh, what Steeler nations believe the Steelers do. So I would not be surprised if DJ Turner ends up, if he's there in the seventh, sixth, seventh round, would not be surprised to see him. And if he goes undrafted, I bet the Steelers make a real play for him. Oh, I completely agree. If there's anybody out of the Panthers that the Steelers have a shot at, it's DJ Turner. And it's going to be late or it's going to be undrafted. But you've got the Tomlin connection, like you said, and you've got the Matt Canada connection. But to me, he just kind of he fits in our scheme. And I, I say give him a shot if yeah. there's anybody. What I say there before, Jeffrey, before the show, as Andrew Wilbar uh, <laughs> throws, in the, throws in the comments in the live chat, he says, Maryland transfer, right in pen, sixth round. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, I, I think we've kind of exhausted the, the pit prospect talks. Jeffrey, do you have anything else you want to uh, include on here? No, not really, man. I'm good. 
All right, so we will flip over the second part of our podcast now. Uh, we're going to jump into a, a quick couple second break. If you're listening on the podcast side, just uh, just uh, flip over to part two now. If you're on Facebook or YouTube watching us, just hang tight. We're not going anywhere. Second half of the show, however, we will be talking a little bit more on the Steelers, specifically free agency and what that means for the draft. So uh, hang tight, and we will be back in just a second. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. <laughs> 